So before we get into this episode, I'd just like to acknowledge that we're recording on Jar Jar Rung country and I'd like to pay my respect to elders past, present and future. We're going to jump straight into our next episode, which is to do with non-fungible tokens. Non-fungies. Non-fungies. Fungus. I had a dream the other night that I had fungus growing out of my head <laughs> like a mushroom. Was that because we were going to be talking about non-fungible tokens? <laughs> Reese had a dream about fungus coming out of his ears. <laughs> no, nah, out of my hair, mate. It was growing straight out of my hair. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Let's get serious. <laughs> but not too serious. Hey, welcome back to Country Creatives with Caleb and Reese. Today's topic is something that's fun. It's digital. Fungible? <laughs> it's non-fungible, mate. <laughs> but it is fun. That's right, Reese. We're talking about non-fungible tokens, NFTs. I feel like a lot of people are talking about NFTs, but, but obviously not enough people because you still don't really know much about them. Is that right? Well, I know, I kind of know the basics and okay. I, I understand the premise, but I feel like it's a space. I don't really want to get left behind. Ah, yeah. See, well, that's good because I am going to impart as much knowledge as I have, which is about 10% of the knowledge that there is to be had. But I feel like it may be a little bit more than uh, you've got. And I am going to try and explain it how I've learned it so that we're both at 10% knowledge level. Mm. And hopefully you listening to this podcast are going to gain a bit of understanding about it, about the blockchain, the NFTs, all that kind of world. And it's going to make you feel like you're a bit more in the know. And maybe you might be able to see an opportunity in this space for you and your creative practice. NFTs are definitely a hot topic, right? They're just, if you haven't heard of it, what are you doing? Where are you? Yeah, are you under a rock still? (laughs) Um, But I guess like it's hard to figure out a little bit like what it is, how is this relevant to me? Mm. You know, so if you've already done a deep dive on this topic, this is probably an episode you want to skip over because we're Mm. we're starting at a pretty base level. It's basic. Yeah, but we're also going to share a few ideas. Even though I don't know much about it, I understand the concept and I've Mm. got... I've got concepts. Oh, come on. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to hear about them. But let's start at the start, shall we? What is an NFT? Well, as we said, uh, it stands for non-fungible token, which sounds a little bit complicated, but it's really not. Non-fungible means uh, non-replicatable. You can't copy it. It's, it's one of a kind. That's just what it means. You, you, you can't fake it. You can't funge it, man. Is that what? What is fungible? Well, fungible means... According to the dictionary, an adjective, a law of goods contracted for without an individual specimen being specified, (laughs) replaceable by another identical item, mutually interchangeable. Right. So that's what fungible means. You can, you can replace it by another identical item or you can mutually interchange it 
without noticing that you've changed it. And so if you put the word non in front of that, oh, yeah. it just means, means you can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot replace it. No, it's a one of a kind. Yes, that's yeah. it. We've got to the definition finally. A non-fungible token is something you can't re- replace with something that looks identical, which in the digital world can be quite a uh, a, a concept to really Rap, yeah, brain yeah. tilt you because people often think of a digital you know, picture, it's it's called Command C, Command V. Yeah, copy, paste, <laughs> And you've <baby>. copied it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And so, well, my understanding of, is that now there is a way to verify a digital asset. Mm-hmm. You can have ownership of a digital asset and you can prove it. Yes, that's the difference. That's what makes it non-fungible is now this is where we cue the blockchain. So the blockchain, put simply, is a chain of protocol that is hosted on a network um, that you can trace. So every time something new happens on the network, a block is added to the blockchain to verify that that thing actually happened. So those things can be, you know, everything from verifying a transaction, like I give you some crypto, you receive the crypto, that adds a block to the blockchain. Yeah. That's my understanding. Well, and obviously cryptocurrency has come to the forefront through using the blockchain. That, yeah. that is why it's popular. That is why it's taking Well, it's how it works. That's yeah. how it works. It's how it works. So an NFT is exactly the same. So when you mint an NFT, you will be able to trace that event happening on the blockchain. And that's how it's verified. You can't hack that. It's very hard to hack the you know blockchain and, and fake. It's you non-fungible. It's a, <laughs> you can't. It's non-fungible. All right. I'm doing a great job of this. So the you'll be able to trace back what has happened um, via the blockchain. And, and it's when you copy money, it's like counterfeit. It, you can't counterfeit that. Yeah. Counterfeit. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. So there's no counterfeits. So that's what a blockchain is. Hopefully you followed my random thoughts there. If you don't know what blockchain is, maybe just Google that. Um, yeah. So there's this great thing called the internet and all knowledge and uh, information is stored uh, on that. And it's actually interesting that the internet is very similar to the networks of the crypto world and blockchain itself. It is a network, right? So the purpose of the internet is to hold information um, so that people can access it. The purpose of blockchains is varied, many and varied. You might have heard people uh, talking about Ethereum. You might have heard people talking about Bitcoin, maybe. You might have heard that term floating around somewhere. They both have their own blockchain. Both live on different networks, right? And they have different rules. So blockchains, they're kind of like the internet, just on a different scale and for a different purpose. Does that make sense, Reese? It somewhat makes sense, but Mm. it's also still very confusing. (laughs) Let's talk about Mm. the concept of why they even exist. Mm. What's the need for an NFT? Good one. The ability for artists to create work digitally... It's, a, it's been around for a long time. People have been creating digital art for a long time. Until NFTs and blockchain technology and those networks, you hadn't really been able to prove that you had the original mm. because you could create something in Photoshop, upload it at its original, like at high resolution. Someone could just copy that unless you had some clever security around it. And then they would also have the same thing that you created in the same resolution 
with no difference. They could even scrub the metadata and write their own in there and make it seem even more legitimate than your original. That's exactly right. So therein lies the problem that NFTs solve. If you, when you mint an NFT, and that's what uh, the event that happens when you uh, prescribe its digital signature, if you like, to make sure that you can prove that this digital thing that you have created is yours, or if you've bought or whatever, someone's created it, then you mint it, then that assigns its signature. So it's like a, a signature on an artwork or, you know, it, you can prove that that thing that you've got now belongs to you. Now you might say, why on earth would I want to do that? If you can't prove that you own something, then it's, well, it's not yours to start with and it has no value to you really. A lot of what the NFT craze and, and what's made it successful is that people can now prove that they they own this thing and that prescribes them some sort of status. For example, if there's a limited, it's a supply and demand principle, right? If there's a limited amount of something that lots of people want, then it has more value. So if you can prove that you have a really rare superlative ape, for example, Google that one, that's an NFT project. If you can prove that you've got one of the rare ones, then everyone's like, ooh, ooh, he's got one of the rare ones. I wonder how valuable that one is. It pre prescribes a level of status to mm. you. I guess it's the thing that people are finding it hard to get their head around, and this is something that maybe I took a little while to wrap my head around, is why do people care about digital assets? Mm. But I guess right now we live in mostly the physical world. There's, you know, the digital world and the augmented world is starting to develop. Yep. You might have heard about the metaverse mm. before. Mm. And so before we get into the technicals of how to do NFTs, mm. well, why do people care about having this rare thing that's a digital asset that you could still just screenshot and have on your device to look at? Mm. And that's when I think it comes into the metaverse mm. and learning a little bit more about where these assets might live and how we will view them in the future. Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. And, and the, I mean, that's a whole other world to get into, um, trying to explain what the metaverse is. But, you know, really simply, it's just the next stage of evolution of the internet, really. Mm. It's, um, it's more like a, a digital world that you can... Immerse you yourself in. Immerse yourself in. That's a really good way to put it. Rather than just holding information, you can you can actually occupy space in that environment. It's more of an uh, an open environment full of opportunity rather than just a, a 2D platform. It's more of a 3D platform. But getting back to why people would care, I heard a really great explanation of what makes an NFT valuable? Because there's a lot of people out there, and I was definitely one of those, who thought, yeah, this is just, this is a bit silly, isn't it? Because mm. you can just copy the digital art and unless you checked, you wouldn't know any different and it, you know, it doesn't really matter. But there are levels, right? There are levels to an NFT that make them interesting and valuable for different reasons. So there are four that I'm aware of. They come together to make an NFT valuable or not valuable to a person, right? It's more than just the artwork itself. So there's the concept of the creator who made it. You might have a, uh, an artist that you follow that creates an NFT. You have a desire to own one of their NFTs because they made it. You care about the creator and you like their work, right? So there's the creator. Yeah, that's the same as 
buying a physical piece of artwork. It's exactly right. right. Yeah. 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 The only NFTs I've ever looked at buying is when an artist that I follow puts one out and I go, yeah. oh, that would be cool. And I don't even know why. It's just <laughs> like, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> Look at it on a screen every now and then. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I still yeah. like the idea of physical art way more. Mm. Yeah. But the only thing that draws me is that it's from a particular maker. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's lots of ways that you can still look at it in your home. I don't know if you've had seen the new um, Samsung TVs that have, uh, I think it's called a Samsung frame. I've got one. Oh, he does. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So you could put it on there and it'd just be like any old artwork pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a photo wall at home. Like it's a, it's got artworks. The frame's mounted on the TV with like no cords. Yep. And then we've got picture frames all around it. So yeah. when you turn the TV off, yeah. it just pops up with a picture that joint yeah. blends into the, f- the art wall. Well, there you go. You, you're pretty much set up to mm. enjoy an NFT in your home. Mm. Anyway, but uh, coming back to the uh, why an NFT is valuable, other than the creator, which you uh, wonderfully explained, you know, you might you might want it and you, you don't really understand why you want it, but it, you like that creator. Second is the artwork itself. You may look at something and, it, you know, it's like any piece of artwork, right? You, you look at it and it might call to you. You go, oh, this, I love that. For some reason that, that resonates with me. I can see myself in that. I can see it, a challenge in that. I can, I can interpret what it means. Mm-hmm. So the art itself in, in some cases is a draw card. I know there's a lot of NFTs that look like stupid little scribbles and you're yeah. like, that piece of actual art has no value. <laughs> yeah. How do they keep selling? Like who is uh-huh. buying these ones that are just trash? Yeah. Well, that, that comes into the second, the third and fourth elements of what makes an NFT valuable. The, the next one is the utility. What does it enable you to do? So I'll give you an example, right? You may be aware of uh, a dude called Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes, I read his book recently about emotional intelligence. That's it, but that's for a whole other episode. I'll yeah. go into that. Well, okay, Gary V, as he's affectionately known, uh, he or, put out. Sorry, or not so affectionately known. <laughs> he's a love or hate kind Gary of guy. Gary V, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Um, he put out an NFT collection, and they're they're V friends. They're called V friends. And they each have a different utility, which means they each enable you to do something different with them. They all collectively serve as a ticket to his uh, event for three years in a row. So if you have one of his NFTs, doesn't matter which one it is, to my understanding, I don't have one, is a a ticket that's going to get you into his in-person event Mm. for three years running, right? But other ones... The, there's some more expensive ones and rare ones, more limited, that get you time with him. So if you have a particular V friend, then you might get a one-hour session with Gary V himself. That's the utility of it. What does it enable you to do? What does it get you in the real world? Another great example uh, of an interesting and fun utility was the the Australian Open had an NFT project. Did you hear about that one? No, you're blowing my mind with all this stuff already. <laughs> Continue. That's great. That's great. This is probably my favourite one. Um, I just loved it. There were so many elements to it. You know, a, a tennis court has uh, only so much space on it. It's a measurable space. And a tennis ball is, I don't know actually know in centimetres how big a tennis ball is. It might be like 50, 
10, 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres, something like that? Close to. Yeah, close to. You, They worked out uh, if you put a tennis ball in a cube, you could fit, you know, 1,000, 1,500 tennis balls on a tennis court. So what they did was on show court, I believe it was show court, they as prescribed a space for each tennis ball that uh, connected to an NFT. You could own part of the court, right? If you bought a, an NFT, it was an actual picture of a 3D tennis ball. And it had lot, like the, lots of them had different colors on them and there were different designs, but it corresponded to a physical point on that court. Mm. And if the ball, the game ball in real life hit your spot on the court, then that did something. You got something extra. It elevated, it evolved your NFT. That is so cool. But imagine if you had the spot like right at the base of the net or like <laughs> right at the very back well, corner. That's right. Well, see, that's what gives value. Because mm, if you're on the baseline, yeah. you're on the tram tracks, you're yeah. going to cop heaps more That's bounces. exactly right. So they, through probability and it, probably millions of out bits of data of where Hawkeye. balls hit. Yeah, Hawkeye, that's how this technology is uh, available. You can see exactly where the ball hit on the court, you can prescribe a different value. So the, yeah, the, like you said, the ones on the baseline and the ones on the tram tracks, they're going to be more valuable to one than the one directly underneath the net <laughs> mm. <laughs> because the ball's probably not going to hit that one. So that's, that's a cool utility that enables interaction between the real world and the NFT itself. Mm, that's really interesting because I think most people, when you first hear about NFTs, you just literally think about a static or a moving image mm. on a screen mm. and that's all that it is. Yeah. But it really opens up a lot more opportunities to do interesting digital and real world crossover. Yeah, exactly right. So that's that's what the utility of an N NFT is and the possibilities there are endless. Because the digital world and the real world are so interconnected now, you could literally do anything, which is heaps of fun. The last element that makes a NFT valuable or not is the community behind it. A lot of NFT projects have a, a Discord community connected to them. You know, they, they build their platform and they're following on uh, social media platforms and, and people are able to interact with each other, contribute ideas at the grassroots level, that kind of thing. If you like the community and the purpose behind the NFT project itself, or you find your people, you know, you may, you may have like, there's a clay friends one that I'm, I'm in the discord for that I never look at, but you know, that's like a claymation type uh, NFT project. And it's kind of fun. Like if you, if you like that medium or if, you know, that speaks to you in some way, you may find a community of people that also think that way. And uh, you're drawn together by this NFT project and the community itself draws you in. It's, it's something that you want to be part of. Mm. It's people that think the same way as you, that like the same things that you do, and you want to be part of that community. So the NFT and the project creates that community or it can create that community and that can be a massive draw card for people yeah that's really interesting i've got a funny story about discord actually <laughs> oh please tell me yeah um so if you don't know what discord is it's basically a chat room kind of space where you can have a bunch of channels on a server uh -huh. where people you know opt in and can engage in a very specific usually a very specific kind of niche chat mm. anyway i was i was running a workshop with uh, a youth takeover and we were painting murals in a, in a space and they were saying, oh, how are we going to stay in touch? I'm like, well, 
do we just do a messenger, a Facebook messenger chat or stuff? And they're like, oh, no, nah, let's do a Discord. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and he, so I said, well, what do you mean? Like, what is that? And he goes, well, you know, you, you set up a server and then you can chat on there and you can chat or you can drop images in there or videos. And so I was like, yeah, so it's just the same as Messenger. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but Messenger's for old people. <laughs> and so then I downloaded Discord and now I'm all about it. Did you? Do you feel younger now? Oh, I feel connected. <laughs> it's just crazy how quickly it evolves and mm. changes. Mm. Like Messenger is the lame thing. No mm. one's connecting through Messenger if you're under 25 anymore. Yeah, that's strange. It's strange being the other side of that uh, line because it wasn't, I mean, we're not that old. So like it wasn't, you know, 10 years ago that we were the right side of the line and we were looking at people uh, over there thinking, man, you're so old because you don't know about this thing that we use all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I would suggest if you're, I think everyone should get discord. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to confess that I felt very old when I got on Discord and I got really frustrated because I didn't know how to use it. <laughs> and I was just clicking random things going, how do you navigate this stupid thing? I am used to knowing how to do things and I don't know how to do this. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, look, prepare to be fr frustrated if you <laughs> just dive into it and don't learn. The reason why I'm also saying that everyone should get Discord is because I think we should start one for country creatives. Okay, I want to hear from you, listener. That's right, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Do you think we should get a Discord? I'm, I'm unsure. So... I would love you to drop a uh, – go over to Country Creative's uh, page on the Emporium Creative Hub and just drop in our very uh, wonderful form. Say, yes, Caleb, you should get a Discord. I would use it. I suppose some people might know how we'd use it or like why mm. it would be valuable, but mm. I want to be able to have a way that our listeners can connect with us in real time. Yeah. So, so we yeah. could – like say we're recording today mm -hmm. and we go, hey, let's put out on our Discord – ask us a question. Mm. People could jump on there in real time, mm -hmm. ask us a question, we answer it mm. and put it straight back out into the world. I like that. There's no delay. Mm. It's just it's just straight in there. That's cool. I'm digressing a little bit. Let little us know bit. if you think, if you would want to interact with us on a more direct level, mm. um, I think we're keen to do that. So yeah, that'd be fun. Let us know how we can go about that. All right. So back into this crazy digital world of NFTs, blockchains and the rest. Uh, in thinking about talking about this, uh, the question inevitably comes up and you've kind of posed it already. Why should creative people care about it? Like why, why would you care? Cause you know, that there is the, there's a lot of people still that think it's, you know, it's just a fad really. Like there's no substance to it. So it's not actually going to take on. And if I actually spend the time and learn about it and even get into it, I might be disappointed and I might, you know, the bandwagon might not even exist and I'll drop off and it'll be terrible and I've wasted all this time. I actually think the barrier is more about it's just too much. Oh, it's yeah. just too, too different. To. It's too it's one of those concepts that does make you you have to you have to think about it differently. Yeah. And it does it poses different challenges. <laughs> like artists are traditionally been making art mm. and even if it is in the digital world, they're still putting it up on a social media platform or mm. they're printing it out for display. Like that's how art has traditionally been consumed. Mm -hmm. 
so switching over to this like interactive art, I can't even describe it. It's just, it's like a mind bender still for oh, me. It is. It is a mind bender. And I think the barrier, well, one of the big barriers would be that you, you don't want to feel like you, you can't understand it. Like mm. there's that, that, that fear of diving into it and being overwhelmed and feeling like you're incapable. Yeah. Like an idiot. Yes. You don't want to feel like yeah. an idiot. No one wants to feel like an idiot. Nope. I kind of liken this movement and technology to the, you know, the first time anything big starts. Like the the early days of digital art itself and using computers to design something. There would have been a heap of people that thought, nah, look, this whole computer design thing, like I've been using my my square and my light box and my, you know, I've got a way of doing things already. Mm. I don't want to dive into this new way that's obviously not as good. And it took a little while to to equal what people could do physically that they were already ingrained in, in their process. If you were someone in the, you know, early days of the the internet or a business even in, in when the internet was starting up and you're like, nah, I'm not going to dive into that. I won't need a website. Who's going to Google me? The Google, who's going to put me into Yahoo? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Who, like, I don't need that. I am doing fine as I am. You'd be looking back now thinking if you didn't dive in and you didn't, you didn't, you never learnt, you'd be like, wow, you are so behind and you have lost a lot of opportunities. Do you need to learn about NFTs and the blockchain? No, of course you don't need to, but you will miss opportunities and you will uh, feel left behind at some point. Because right now it is an investment of time and effort uh, to learn it. You will need to learn it. Like it's not just going to come naturally to you because it's a it's a fairly brand new concept and way of operating, uh, new technology. You're going to have to do some learning. But if you don't invest that time, then, you know, your life's not going to end or whatever and you're, you're going to be fine, but you're just going to miss out on opportunities that may have brought you joy. It may have furthered your success as a creative. You may just miss out. I was thinking about it like um, if I – because it's still fairly early days, right? Yeah, really early days. And the I think the other tricky thing about getting into it is you kind of – like everything is paid for with cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. which is also – like I'm – I don't have any crypto. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things I'm still like, oh, I've got to, I've got to get some because how <laughs> am I going to buy an NFT if I don't have any? <laughs> so I've got, I've got a whole, yeah. you've got to learn not just one thing, but a couple yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just like starting now is a good time, I think, because you can just come up to speed a little bit and understand yeah. it and, and it maybe not even participate no. actively, no. but just follow along and, and watch how it progresses. Yeah. Because I'm thinking that, it's early days now, but in five years' time, mm. when say everyone under thirty completely gets it, mm-hmm. and they're just like living in this digital world, <laughs> it'll be so much more weird and wacky than we can imagine right now. <laughs> You're going to be that old person, like, oh shit, seventy percent of art sales or eighty percent of art sales <laughs> yeah. are through <laughs> NFTs, and I, but I only do I only do printed or handmade stuff. And, you know, there'll still be a market for that. Of course there will be. You know, print is not dead. No way. But it's it's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah. If, and we're, it, to, if yeah. we're to liken it to print, right? Everyone's yeah. like, oh, print's going to die, print's going to die. 
it's not going to fully die, no. but it's definitely not the market leader, is it? I do know that only 6% of the world own cryptocurrency. So mm. you you are part of the 94% of the world that still don't own any. It's all about the opportunity, the future opportunity. And like Reece said, like you don't have to become the NFT expert and change all the way you do things. But if you have an understanding of how it works and the, f- the building blocks that are behind the technology and because everything's going to be built on the foundation that we can learn about and see now. Um, so if you know what that's about, then you've got a head start and you're not going to feel out of place in the, in the future because it is going to be part of the future. It's not going to go away any time no, soon. No, it's not going away. I've got a friend that I caught up with a little while ago. He's actually a Bendigo boy, Dylan mm. Armstrong. He's mm. an architect now. Mm. And he told me about his uh, range of NFTs. And without giving it away too much, mm. he's basically going to create, and this, this goes back to the idea of it's not just an artwork. Mm. It can be more than that. Yep. So he's doing a series of um, really cool um architectural designs. I don't know if I should be telling everybody about this. People who <laughs> steal his idea. Well, he's already got IP on it. He's, uh, he's already doing it. Oh, well then that's fine. Maybe I'm just promoting, check it out. When it goes live, I'll let everyone know about it more officially. Well, this is, this is your own, you're getting the inside scoop here. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm going to get one. Oh. This will be the first, actually I'll support him. I'll, I'll be the first buyer of one of his things. Well, maybe you'll, well, Maybe just speaking it out now, you won't be because there, there'll be so such demand that you'll just, you know, you, you, your little buffer window will be slower than someone else's internet speed and you, you'll be the second. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but please continue. We don't even know what it is yet. But he blew my mind because the idea is not just about having a digital artwork, but having a digital space. Mm-hmm. So uh, imagine a, a digital house Yep. and you buy that digital house and then you, you might not do this right now because not everyone has virtual reality goggles. But really, as if in 20 years' time, everyone isn't going to be living in the digital world <laughs> or more frequently. But where are you going to keep your stuff in the digital? You buy all these digital assets and then you're going to want somewhere digital to store them. So you can have a house or a showroom or a, um, a place to store other digital things. What's this guy's name? Dylan Armstrong. Dylan Armstrong. Dylan, you have some serious foresight. That's that's very cool. I'm just looking up uh, metaverse property um, because I know land, <laughs> digital land, has already been purchased. There mm. are already sales of space in the metaverse happening. How does that actually work? Is that just a sp- ones and zeros on a server somewhere? Look, ultimately it is, but um, through the user interfaces and all that side of things with what we interact and how we see it, you it's can rent thing. land, you It'll can buy land. It, 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 it is a thing. I'm looking on Metaverse Property, which is the world's first virtual real estate company. Apparently it's a thing. So, and that makes total sense that if, you know, if there is a digital space, like if you've you've ever heard of or played Minecraft, you know, you've got a land that is a space that is being created, a world like the Sims, you know, Mm. there's actual space in that digital world. It's a finite area. You can occupy Mm. a space. And if it's, yeah, you can build stuff on it. And Dylan, come on, he's, he's creating architectural designs for digital properties. Oh, legendary. Yeah. I'm so definitely going to look him up. It blows your mind though, doesn't yeah, it? it? Does. Like the the options for this format are really quite limitless at yeah. this point. 
you know, they say everything's been done before. Like art oh. is only copying mm. what has been done before. Mm. Well, this hasn't been done before. So no. if you want to get in on that ground floor and like mm. be the first to do something, why should people not be excited by that? Oh, it's an exciting concept. It is a land of opportunity. It's like the gold rush. Like we're at the start of something. How often or how, how many times in history can someone say, I was there when this revolutionary thing to the world was created? Not many. And you will be saying, I was there when NFTs were created, first created. And do you want to be that person who said, yeah, I had no idea and I thought it was a fad and, uh, and I, you know, I never really did anything. I never capitalised. I never learnt. I never understood. Or do you want to be the person that said, yeah, yeah, I learned about it and then this opportunity came up and I pounced on it and, you know, now I'm a gazillionaire. <laughs> That's yeah. probably not <laughs> going to be everyone's story. But um, uh, the opportunities are endless and only limited by your imagination if you understand the building blocks, the foundations. I'm not really sure if we have explained the foundations in a way that you would understand, <sighs> no, but I, I think it's either. you can't hear it once and get it. Nah, You've really got to right. keep talking about it yeah. and, um, and developing your own idea of what it is. Yeah. Actually, the, the place I went to learn about it, I've only, I only – what listened to one episode, but it was, it gave me all the knowledge I pretty much have, is another podcast. It's called NFTs for Newbies. Yeah, let's put a link to that because they probably do a better job than us. Oh, I can guarantee you that they do a better job than us. Um, go to YouTube, type in what is an NFT and you will have an endless list of options to teach you in, a, in different ways. Yeah, I think... What, the reason why we're bringing this to the airwaves is to, we don't want to see country Victoria or country Australia left behind because we're a bit old school or a bit behind the times. Just because yeah. like things that happen in the regions are a few years behind the metro areas. They don't need to be. Don't need to be at all. So no. get onto it. Yeah. Yep. Dive in, learn and see what opportunities might come your way. Yeah, thanks, Caleb. Cheers for sharing your uh, somewhat limited knowledge, but <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I learned quite a bit oh, just good. listening to you as well. So um, thanks for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hopefully you wonderful listener got something out of it as well. Excellent. Well, that's the end of another Country Creatives episode. Country Creative Podcast is made by and for creative professionals doing amazing things across regional settings. It's conceived and hosted by Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell, produced by Amy Chapman, and support comes from the Emporium Creative Hub in Mitchell Street, Bendigo. If you have a topic that you'd like us to explore, or perhaps an idea for a guest, maybe you just want to say hello, please do get in touch via the contact form on the website at emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us via your favorite podcast platform so you can be the first to hear new episodes. We'll see you soon.